Hi, Abiding Together podcast listeners. I am so excited to talk to you about the sponsor for this week's podcast. It is Every Sacred Sunday. And Every Sacred Sunday, you've heard us talk about it before because we just absolutely love this mass journal. It was actually launched by two college roommates in 2017. They did a Kickstarter campaign. How fun is that? Casey Manning and Christy Peters. And they created it with the hopes of offering a tool to help each of us intentionally engage with the mass each week. It contains full mass readings for each Sunday and Holy Days of Obligation for the liturgical year. It is identical to the ones at Mass in the USA or Canada, and it's approved by the Catholic bishops, but it is this beautiful, beautiful linen-bound book that helps you, that you can bring to Mass, help you engage in the readings, and help you pray. And I love it. One of the things I love about it is it's built to last. It's beautiful. It's such a great, just a beautiful tool to use, but it's also a great keepsake. I've been using the Every Sacred Sunday journal for the last two years, and actually I was pulling my one back from last year, and I could see the readings, how my heart responded to those readings, the different things that were going on, and the different things that I prayed for. And so we think that this journal is just an amazing resource and tool to help you engage in the Mass more fully, and that we pray the journal helps you say yes to God one Sunday at a time. And for our podcast listeners, every Sacred Sunday ladies so generously gave a discount code. It is $5 off your next purchase with the code ABIDE5. So once again, that's every Sacred Sunday and $5 off your next purchase with the code ABIDE5. Have a good day. Hello and welcome to Season 8 of the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and each and every week I am joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Bensinger. This podcast is born out of our friendship and sharing all kinds of things together. Our walk with Jesus, our insights, the lessons we are still learning, our joys, sorrows, tears, and laughter, and you are most welcome on the journey with us. You can find out more information about all of our episodes at abidingtogetherpodcast.com. But for now, grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. We have a fun episode for you today. I think we're going to laugh a lot. We're going to giggle. I know that I was looking through the show notes and, you know, thinking of people that I knew, I got a good laugh out of this. So we're actually going to talk about the temperaments today and the four temperaments of, of melancholic, choleric, sanguine, and phlegmatic that are um, embraced by the church that comes from a you know, Greek philosophy that has been around for a long time. And it's just so such a great tool for self-knowledge and helping us understand other people. So I think you're going to like this one. And if you don't know about yourself, you're about to. So, <laughs> so Michelle and Heather, Michelle, uh, we we know what you are. but I, And I love that we're all different, so we'll talk about that as we go. But Michelle, how are you today? How's it going? I am doing well. I'm excited. I love this. I think this is such mm-hmm. a great episode to piggyback off of the personal holiness one that we did last week, because I think that we all have to take the posture of like, we're all growing. Like if we talk, we like to use the image as a garden and a garden is something living and active and you constantly have to uh, weed and plant and water, but also like you learn to be a student of your garden, what it needs, what it doesn't need, which ones need shade and sun, but we have to become a student of ourselves and really know ourselves. And I feel a lot of times like the Lord has formed us each as just these unique masterpieces, but it's so much fun to figure out like, okay, 
how am I intricately made? Why do I do this? Like, let me learn, let me become a student of myself, you know? So I think this is a really fun episode on the temperaments. Heather, what about you? Mm -hmm. And I was getting the biggest kick out of psychoanalyzing <laughs> Heather and sister. I know, Michelle's like, I'm not a this psychotherapist, but I play one on TV. No. <laughs> yeah, that's, I totally sent that meme. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, I love this stuff too. I think for most people, like even my kids, we've all just like laughed our heads off at taking like little personality tests online or whatever it might be. But I specifically like this conversation about temperament because, and I, and I think we can put some guardrails around it because that's important. But growing in self-knowledge is really key to the spiritual life. Like mm -hmm. it is really key to growing in holiness and under, understanding ourselves and pursuing, like, like you said, Michelle, being a student of ourselves and also of one another to know how to love each other better, to know how to love ourselves better, to know what we need from the Lord is, is really, really important. Sister, what do you mm. think? Oh, it's so great. It, it's just, it's, it's, it's like gold really. And I love this quote from St. Teresa of Avila when she says, self-knowledge is so important that even if you were raised right up to the heavens, I should like you never to relax your cultivation of it. <laughs> and so Jesus talks about in the gospel of Luke that, you know, no good tree bears bad fruit and no bad tree bears good fruit for a tree is known by its fruit. And so it's just wonderful. We have to know our tree and how has God made us. And I was thinking today as I was preparing, for this. And I was thinking of the two of you and just all the people that I know in my life. And isn't it so wonderful that God makes us so differently? Mm -hmm. I, it's just, it's just so beautiful that God doesn't make us at cookie cutters. He doesn't make us, you know, these like boring, monotonous, you know, replicas of one another. He makes us so wonderfully, vibrantly different. And many times that can be difficult for us, but I think it's just so lovely. I just, it's just, it's just so lovely. Yeah. So we're going to use, uh, I know we've, we've talked about the book or we're going to use the book, uh, the I believe it's called The Temperament God Gave You and, and they're Catholic authors. And so if you haven't read that, we're going to, you know, talk about that today, but we're going to talk about the kind of the four major temperaments and just kind of some characteristics of that and how it helps us understand so we can understand ourselves and our tendencies and just the way that God has made us and also helps us understand other people. So as Heather mentioned, we're going to put some we're just going to put some guardrails on this right at the very beginning. So we're not talking about, you know, a, a temperament where this is just how you are. And so people have to get over it because that's usually just an excuse for our mm -hmm. own issues. Right. So really the, the call of the human person, like we talked about in our episode to grow in holiness is to become like Christ. And Christ is the perfection of all that is good, true, and beautiful. So it's not meant for labels. It's not meant for, you know, kind of labeling other people. It's just, it's a tool and I'll let you two kind of open this a little bit more deeply, but it's a tool to understand ourselves, right? To help us understand our, our weaknesses, our strengths, where, where we're gifted, what we bring to the table, areas where we can grow. And it also helps, and for myself, it also helps just alleviates, alleviates just areas of shame we might experience in ourselves mm -hmm. of like, gosh, how come I'm not more extroverted like that person? I really, you know, and helping like, okay, God made me differently and I can certainly grow in that, but I, I appreciate that in that person, but kind of just made me differently. So just to respect and kind of understand that and so then I can grow the way that the Lord has um, has cultivated my heart and in my soul. So, Michelle, as we dive into this, you want to tell everybody what your prominent temperament is and your secondary one, and talk about a little bit about that. So, there's four temperaments, like Sister said. You could tell I totally got into this. Subject. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> she four, did. It's okay. <laughs> there's four temperaments, but and we, the three of us, represent all four temperaments. You know, in it, but my primary one was sanguine, which is the one that is like, like one of the things characteristics, able to talk to anyone at any time, usually a very boisterous personality, full of ideas outside of the box, that kind of thing loves 
attention, but loves people. Like life is fun, you know, like let's see, very whimsical, all this kind of stuff. I loved when I, we were looking at all the different characteristics, like the key weaknesses, disorganized. I'm kind of disorganized. I can manage chaos with the best of them. Like, <laughs> I mean, if I don't have like 20 balls, like in the air, I'm not happy, but I love this. Can't remember details or names. Oh my gosh. That is so <laughs> true. Like I can't remember details. And I, and I love it. Exaggerates. I'm like, I don't exaggerate. My husband's like, oh girl, you embellish with the best of them. Like how many adjectives can you use in a story? But like you were saying, sister, that's like my primary one. And it was interesting. My secondary is choleric. So really seeing how these two come together because the choleric is a more strong personality, a leader, very decisive, but they're also very linear, which is not me, mm-hmm. you know, thinking like where they're very logical, which is not me. So it almost feels like I think a lot of times we're like, why am I this way? Like we were talking about like in the previous episode of holiness, like why do I do the things that I don't want to do? Or I wish I was that. Like, mm-hmm. I wish I was the n- person that never lost my keys. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh, this is the funniest story really quick. I couldn't find my iPhone. So I did the find your iPhone app on my off my laptop to find my phone in my house. And all of a sudden, sister is when she was staying with us, came out, what is that noise? I'm like, it's the find my iPhone app. You've never heard it? She goes, never. That's what it sounds like. I'm like, you've never lost your iPhone? I was like at a major amazement. She's like, I've never lost my phone. I was like, what would that be like? I couldn't even like fathom the idea, you know, but it was so funny, but just seeing like, okay, the Lord has made me intricately. And sometimes it feel like the, the primary and the secondary are opposed, but they're not. It's just allowing him to teach us how they're woven together. So yes, those are mine. Heather, what about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is all just so interesting. And I, I love, yeah, just learning about myself. And at the same time, like, I, th- I think it's important to recognize we're not saying that we should all be reduced to our temperament and everybody needs to go no, out and figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. Like our identity is rooted in Christ. We are beloved sons and daughters of the father. And, and that is who we are. Like we don't look to these things to tell us who we are. We use them as a tool, you know, to help grow in, in some self-knowledge and understanding. So I am phlegmatic. That's my primary. And then melancholic would be my secondary And yeah, I think I'm relatively like at my best, I'm mostly like a peaceful person and I like to keep, keep the peace and, um, I'm pretty easygoing about things, but I'm also a really deep feeler and I can get very intense and serious and, and sensitive, you know, like feeling the intensity of emotions and that's the melancholic side. And when I was reading some of these things about myself, I was like, oh my goodness, like the whole phlegmatic thing. I was like, that is me to a T my treble spots, the way that I run away and hide from things like, and it's good for me to know that because that's where I know I need, I need to grow. I need good spiritual direction. Mm I need the sacramental life. I need to grow in my will muscle, like we talked about in our last episode. Um, It's good for us to acknowledge our gifts and also our trouble spots. And that's one thing that I appreciate about this book, because there's uh, The Temperament God Gave You by Art and Lorraine Bennett. Other personality tests can be like, you know, this is who you are. And, and it's kind of that attitude, like you mentioned, sister, this is who I am. Get over it. If I'm kind of a jerk, well, that's, you know, that's my personality. So you just got to deal with it. Whereas this book tends to get into, you know, here's some places where, where this personality or temperament needs to grow in holiness, or this is where your trouble Mm -hmm. spots can be. And I think that that's really, really key for us as we grow in our self-knowledge. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's so true. Maybe what we can do is we can read 
on the show notes, we have some classic definitions of each of the temperaments toward the top there. Uh, but I, I, and it's so great how we're all different. My primary temperament is melancholic. And then my secondary one is choleric. And mm-hmm. I, I do, I tend toward just quieter things. I tend toward a lot of deep introspection. I, th- I feel things very deeply. I might not always express them. It'll take a lot for me to finally express something. But when I do, I'm, I'm very convicted by it and I feel very deeply about it. I am also very linear thinking. I like things in order. Mm-hmm. I like things on time. Mm-hmm. And so you just to see those tendencies of, I am not a huge fan of large social gatherings and I can't tell you how many times I wish I was. And right. I, I have forced myself over the years to grow that muscle just in it by product, by process of kind of what I do for a living that, but I just naturally, you know, going out at a cock to a cocktail party on a Friday night with 200 people, I don't know is like, no. And I like, let's not. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, completely so draining, right? Whereas for someone yes. like Michelle, that's like, hey, that fires you up and gives you energy to be around <laughs> a big group of people. <laughs> it's, it is so true. And so I think understanding that about ourselves and also the people that we love, because we'll talk later a bit about like our spouses or people that are our best friends and kind of like how that works. But if I could just read you, I'll read you the classic definition of, of melancholic. So this is one kind of summation of it. It says, people with a melancholic temperament are intense serious and deep. They are sensitive and capable of deep emotion. They have a well-developed eye for the tragic or sad side of things and may be easily disappointed by the coarseness of the outer world. As a result, they tend to keep to themselves or only open up really with a select few individuals with whom they can exchange feelings or ideas. And I I just, I totally resonate with that. I, I can just, I can feel it very deeply. And I, understanding that about myself, it just, it helps me navigate the world and it helps me understand kind of why I do what I do at times. But like I said, it also has given me a lot of grace for myself and other people as well of like, mm-hmm. okay, this is not something that I have to feel bad about. I, I, I can understand that about myself and allow the Lord to heal whatever he needs to heal, but to accept also that God makes us differently. It does. I think it would be good, sister. Will you read all four of them again, just so sure. people, because I'm sure they're trying to think like, oh, which one? Well, I <laughs> yes. could be that. Yes. And, and we'll so post just a to link give more to definition. This. Yeah. We'll post a link yes. to this. Yes. On our website, if you want to read more about it, and the link for the book as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sanguine. Well, we, Michelle is a sanguine, and sh- and it says people with a sanguine temperament are enthusiastic, active, and social. They are extroverts who enjoy meeting new people and being part of a crowd. They find it easy to socialize and often make new friends by virtue of being social, outgoing, and charismatic. Sanguine personalities often have a hard time doing nothing and may be prone to seek out risky activities as a way of keeping themselves stimulated. So that's what. <laughs> Chris, my husband says, your brain is constantly caffeinated, like constantly. It's like it doesn't shut off and neither does your body. I'm like, I know, right? It's crazy, huh? Because you and Chris are totally different too. And so are you and and Jake and Heather. It's just so great. Okay. So choleric, uh, choleric individuals are extroverted, but lack the carefree attitude of the sanguine temperament. As a result, they are determined, independent, decisive, and goal-oriented. Fact-based and logical, they typically enjoy being in charge since they have many leadership qualities as well as ambition. On the other hand, they are also disagreeable and may be prone to anger when things do not go their way. And I, I know people who have that predominant temper. I'm like, oh, I can totally see that. <laughs> I did good too. Yeah, too. <laughs> we both know who you're talking about. Go yes, <laughs> definitely, definitely. And then our dear Heather is phlegmatic. And it says, phlegmatic individuals are peaceful, quiet, and easygoing. They are sympathetic and care about others, yet try to hide or downplay their emotions, seeking instead to influence others through gentleness and cooperation. 
They are good at resolving conflicts and problems by way of making sensible compromises. But on the other hand, they may also be too self-sacrificing or unambitious in the name of avoiding conflict. So (laughs) that's a lot. It's so true. Yeah. And there's other Mm. parts of this. Like, I mean, the book gets into these in so much detail. And Michelle sent some other things, which were like incredibly interesting when we read through them. We'll talk about that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And I think it is like, this just helps you learn yourself and study yourself. But like Sister was alluding to, for me, it was so good even to see the phlegmatic and the melancholic, like having Sister and Heather be that, working together and doing things like, Oh, this is why they do what they do. Like for Heather, Mm -hmm. she does not like making decisions by herself. Mm -hmm. She wants a group, you know, like it's everyone agreed. And I'm like, just call it girl and move on. Like, you know, (laughs) like like, this is how, (laughs) what do you think? What do you think? I'm like, all right, get her done. You know, but (laughs) it was really good for me to realize like, okay, this is how it is. Even like how she reacts to stress. Like, okay, that's how she reacts to stress and how I react to stress. Just realizing it. So I also think like when you can understand, and especially with raising with spouses and children or mm-hmm. sister living in community. Amen. Like that mm-hmm. is also super just as, if not more challenging than I think sometimes marriage and children mm-hmm. is that just figuring out, okay, people are wired differently. And it was always just amazed me that people didn't think the way that I thought. I'm like, <laughs> oh, people don't see the world through this lens. And I think you have to realize this. Why do they? And you become a student, not only of yourself, but of other people and how they are wired. Yeah, that's really important. Jake and I, my husband, are probably opposite in every way. Like, I don't I don't know how we could be more opposite. And there's something that can be incredibly challenging about that and frustrating at times. And you can focus on it that way, or you can look at it as, oh, we're meant to complement each other, actually, that these differences can be a gift. And I think that's something to recognize about our temperament or personalities and stuff. You should be experiencing this as a blessing. And the areas that you might be rough around the edges, well, that you might need someone else's help with that, or you might need someone else to complement that part of you. But this should be a blessing, you know? And I think that that's often how we, when we sometimes read these things, we're trying to find our identity there, or we're assessing ourselves through a lens of woundedness. You know, maybe there's some things that you've learned to do, and that's your coping mechanism. That's not who you are. You may have learned to be quiet because you've been told your whole childhood to be quiet, but maybe that's not who you are. We should be set free as we grow and experience healing in our woundedness, be set free to embrace who God has made us to be and that that would be a blessing to us and a blessing to those Mm -hmm. around us. Not an excuse, Mm -hmm. like you said, for bad behavior or, you know, like overlooking our weaknesses or sins or whatever. So, yeah, I think that's important. I love what you're saying there, Heather, and uh, about this reality, but you know, that each person is a blessing mm-hmm. and that, that we're experiencing as a blessing. And I love because, you know, like if we talk about our full maturity in Christ and we're talking about growth that we're going to see is we're going to see, we're going to see certain tendencies in our personalities, but as we grow as a person, we're going to see a fullness come to life. And we're going to see an ability to, to see ourselves the way God sees us and see the other people and to, and to respect that. And I, I, when I lived in Seattle, I lived with a sister who is the most extroverted person I've ever met in my entire life, like in my entire life. And we would go out to the grocery store. She would make new friends at the grocery <laughs> store. And I, pardon me, but, but can you just tone it down a little bit? Like take it down a few notches, but she thrived with people and they loved her. And I, it was such a witness to me of, I know that like that is not my personality and not my temperament, but it was such a witness to me of of the places that I could grow as a person. Mm-hmm. And 
yeah, there were many times where she didn't understand me and I didn't understand her, but just to come to a, a common understanding, like this is the way that God has made her. And I just think even with how we choose friends or how we choose relationships, or I'm sure you guys could talk about this, even choosing spouses, like the science of attraction. And, you know, some psychologists say that we'll often seek out in other people what we don't have in ourselves, or we will seek out what's hidden in ourselves, or there's all kinds of theories about that. But there's something captivating about another, somebody who's entirely other, who is different than we are, that is inherently attractive, and which can lead, and because we'll talk about this, because I think, Michelle, you posted on the show notes, like what happens, like, you know, certain temperaments do usually choose different kinds of temperance of spouses. And then like, it starts out with one thing, but it ends up in something else. And I think continually reminding ourselves that the people that God has given to us, and yeah, many times we have to have hard conversations and we're all on a journey, but the people that God has given to us, these are people are blessings. And, and how can I, you know, how can I help, how can I help uphold them? And I'm, you know, choosing their goodness and that in the whole thing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Oh, it makes absolute sense. And I think Heather was alluding to earlier, you can see them as something to be divisive, or you could see them as tools for growth and complementary. Like when Chris and I got married, we are polar opposites also. Now, almost 20 years into marriage, I can see like he is my kite holder. I would blow away if he did not hold me and root me down. Like <laughs> I would just go, he really, he grounds me and he roots me. But I've also learned from him, okay, there's areas, the spontaneous side of me, I have to be consistent. And he's taught me that, to be consistent, to respond, not to react to situations, because I am so emotional. And talking about the person at the grocery store, my kids are always like, Mom, how do you have people just tell you their whole life stories out in public that you've never <laughs> met before? You know, and that's just part of it, just but learning it. But man, those first couple years of marriage, I'm like, are you kidding me? When he would take out the dishwasher, how I stack the dishwasher and we would do the dishwasher. So it was all facing the same way. Yes, Sister Miriam, I know you do this too. But I'm like, who the hell? I can't confirm nor deny any rumors you may have heard. cares? <laughs> like, just get it clean. You know, but the increase is like, there's a right way. He always jokes, there's a right way and then there's your and way. Because yeah. yeah. Chris is choleric. I bet Chris is choleric. Yeah, he's he color are so similar yeah. temperament. It's not even funny. But yeah, it's just that thing. But now I appreciate it. And at first I would find offense to it or take it personally. Like, well, I don't do it that way. Like you were saying, sister, but now I'm like, okay, good on you. You do it that way. <laughs> when you're not here, I'm going to do it my way. But that's, you know, that we can learn from one another. It is just really interesting. Heather, what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah. Well, Jake is melancholic, choleric as well. And in this little thing that you sent Michelle under mine, it says that I I, my personality type or temperament tends to marry powerful cholerics who are strong and decisive, but whom they soon tire of because they realize they don't like <laughs> look down upon. And Jake and I were just laughing about that yesterday when we were reading through it. And I was like, you know, this is actually an area of growth because as much as I can say, I, I actually, that's actually true. There has been times in our marriage where I felt like he's trying to control me into his way of doing things. And that's an area that we've had to address and grow in where I have to realize that the way that he does things can actually be a gift to me and it can help me grow in some things and we can we can move quicker through decision making where I may belabor something like he's like, let's just go, let's do it. But also he needs to be more gentle with me. He needs to not overstep my free will and my choices and he needs to give me some space to make a choice. And so these are areas that, yeah, we could be the worst of ourselves in this. 
or we could be the best yeah. of ourselves in this and we can learn to grow and, and just like honor one another's personality differences, honor one another's temperaments in a way that is really life-giving that can help us be amazing combos. Like I love teamwork. I love community. And, and often it's in light of community where we also discover ourselves, where we discover different parts of ourselves. I'm not able to perfectly assess myself because I'm looking through the lens of my woundedness and my background and my, mm, what I hope I would be or what I'm ashamed of that I am. But other people can see things in me that maybe I can't see in myself, both good and bad mm. places that I can grow and places that maybe I can't see that I'm, I'm a gift, you know, mm, that's so good. I think that's great. And that's one of the things that we can, we can do is, you know, as you're listening, you might have some ideas of maybe what your predominant characteristics are, but if we could, if we could ask the people that really love us, you know, what, what do you see in me? Like, what, where do you see that I come alive or, you know, where, what do you see, you know, in me that where I become vibrant or do you see where I shut down? Or, I mean, people, and, and those are trusting questions, right? But if you know some people in your life, they might be able to kind of look at that list and say, Hey, I really see this in you. And I, or I see how you've grown here. And I, and that's, that really helps us as people grow. And it helps us, like you're saying, uh, both of you, like to, to receive those places that we can't see in ourselves. And I, I'm just so grateful that, for example, in our podcast, that we're, we're all so different. Mm -hmm. And people often comment on that of, you know, you guys are all so different, but then your hearts come together and something beautiful happens. And I, I'm so grateful that y'all are not like me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it would be such a boring podcast. It's so and much I, more entertaining I love the in our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> They're both looking it's at me just, just so laughing wonderful. right now. I just want y'all to know that. <laughs> It's just so wonderful that you that you see the world differently and mm -hmm. we can every week we can we can encounter a topic and a scripture passage and have similar thoughts but also very different thoughts and not because we're just different people but because we actually have really different ways of seeing the world and that I just that's just such a gift I, you know, it really is such a gift and so I kind of wonder you know in our journey where you know like where is the Lord asking us to grow and what, what is he what is he revealing to us and I think it also helps really specifically because I've known both of you guys for a long time and you both have really beautiful marriages. And I know like where you have individually blessed your husbands in just your temperament and your gifts of how you blessed, you know, Chris, Michelle, and how you blessed Jake, Heather. And I think what this does also is it helps us not to take things so personally. Mm -hmm. And that is such a game changer, I think, when we can kind of step out of that. And it really in anything, not just temperaments, but like when somebody says something to us or whatever, just to kind of, whoa, step back and say, okay, this is how this is probably really probably not about me. I mean, I may have said something that would, you know, needs to be amended, but that, that space can help us understand and to love people. That space of the curiosity of kindness of engaging with somebody without personally attacking them. I'm like, Oh, okay, this is probably not about me. <laughs> so how can I show up and, and help people grow? Yeah. And, and maybe our tendency and how we operate and which feels very okay with us isn't okay with somebody else. And so it helps us to honor individuals and to not just say, well, that's who I am. You know, I'm kind of harsh and blunt. That's just who I am. You know, I can be very blunt and I've realized that that is not, that's very difficult for some people to handle, for a lot of people yeah. to handle, you know, so I have to soften that side of myself and especially with children, you know, they're also different as well. And you realize mm -hmm. with these little hearts that they're not just like you, you know, that they have their own personalities, their own temperaments, and that you can can crush them by certain ways of operating that that's not just who they're made to be or they might they might experience shame because they feel too exposed by what you say or whatever it might be or you let them get away with too much and they need more structure so i think in all of this it's to see the other as a gift 
to see the other as someone to be honored. And even in my marriage, I think, you know, Jake is such an introvert. He recharges through quiet and being alone. I recharge with small groups of people that I know well, and that's hard for him. So how do we come together? Well, if we're getting together with people for the day, I'm like, Jake, do you need a, you know, you want to go for a bike ride? Do you want to take a nap? Like whatever it is that he needs to gear up for being around people. Like we can allow space for what each other needs for our personalities to thrive together. And sister, I'm sure that as Michelle said, you experienced that too, because you live in a household full of people, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you grew up in a family and this is for everybody. So even though we're talking about marriage and children a little bit, this applies to everybody that we're in relationship with roommates, friendships, religious communities, coworkers, especially coworkers, yeah. like mm-hmm. where yes. we can honor and go, wow, maybe they're doing this because there's a reason. And maybe it's not just about me. <laughs> And I think so. And I think that is why, like in scripture, it tells us the body has many parts, but we need every single part of the body for it to flourish and be able to be fully alive. And so we need all the temperaments and all their different gifts and their little quirkiness too, to become Mm -hmm. a body that is fully alive and to embrace the differences. And I love, I know Pope Francis says a lot too, but uniformity doesn't mean everyone doesn't have to look the same. Everyone has their own different expressions. And isn't that amazing? And I sometimes I think we think that holiness is uniformity. It needs to look this way. Mm-hmm. Or this is what I need to be. Like holiness for you. I'm not saying throwing out moral law or anything like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, or course, absolute truth course, or anything. Yeah. But like it looks differently. It is expressed differently. What holiness looks like in someone else will look different for you. What their personal mission in holiness will look different. What the Lord is calling them to will look different and not to compare, but also to celebrate our differences. And I think once you start to celebrate and make that switch, then you can just embrace that person for who they are, even their quirks and all just Mm -hmm. makes them seem just, okay, the Lord intricately made them this way for a reason. And it's almost like you discover it. Like, why did he make them that way? And you ask the questions. I think we need to look at people that are different than us with holy curiosity instead of holy judgment or not holy, just judgment and disdain. Yeah. And I think that we need to be careful to always, like you're saying, Michelle, like see the individual. I've heard many people just sort of offhandedly say, oh, that's because you're an INFJ. Oh, like it all makes sense to me because you're categorized and reduced to these letters or to this temperament or to whatever personality thing that we've read about. We are individuals. We can't be reduced to that. And and like you said, sister, you know, there's areas where we can grow and develop things that may not come naturally to us, which can help us respond to the call of God. I would say for me, even with this podcast, I, I would never choose this. I would never think of this to do this. I'm naturally more of a shy person, but the Lord opened the door. I've had to grow in things. Like I took acting classes when I was a kid. Thank God. It was like torture for me to do that. But thank God that that I really feel like the Lord opened these simple doors for me to learn how to work with my natural disposition so that I could answer his call more fully because I would have been paralyzed and unable to say anything if I had just kept in my own little, mm. my own little circle of how I grew up. So yeah, seeing each other as an individual, honoring one another in this and being willing to grow and open ourselves up wide to grace is really, really important to become who we were meant to be. And that's a gift. That's a blessing. Mm -hmm. Mm. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. So we will post, uh, you said Heather will post the link to the book mm-hmm. and maybe, do they have an online assessment at that website? The temperament God gave you. I don't I'm know if sure. they do we'll or not. We'll try to find one. We'll yeah, post we'll whatever sure. we can find. Yes. They mm-hmm. might have one on their website. So yeah, we just highly would recommend that. And just, it's just a fun thing just to kind of see and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and, and to the people in your life. And, and as we've been saying, how to bless people, how to receive them and how to bless them. And, and we're always on a journey of growth, which is wonderful. So Speaking of growth, uh, we have our one things, which I think we know what Heather's is because she's a really good cook. I won't give it away, <laughs> but I, cause she's great, but can I give you, can I just my one thing? I want to give you a weird, it's, I'm not going to give you the proportions because it is, you know, use at your own risk, but there's a, a green drink that I will drink almost every day. It's from the Vitamix and I'll put the recipe on it and you can decide how much you want to put in of each lovely, <laughs> wonderful ingredient, which they're both rolling their eyes at me right now, but it consists of, of kale, of spinach, celery, carrots, cucumber, green apple or our pear. And then there's some really like v- green vibrance, like uh, super greens that taste like a barnyard. And then you throw some chia seeds in there and throw some water and some ice cubes and people. It is like heaven in a cup. I know, like don't gag, but it's really, really good. So I'm going to put that recipe on for anybody who wants like a salad in a cup, <laughs> more greens than you could possibly ever imagine. So good. I just be still my heart right now. Okay. So I temper my greens with like some fruit, <laughs> a little bit of vanilla yogurt. Like I make something like that too. I'm like, yep, the chia seeds, yep, the super greens juice from Costco or whatever. And then I'm like, and strawberries and bananas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can do that too. So I'll give you the, That's I'll awesome. give you the base, the rest recipe. But Heather, yours recipe is probably much better than mine. So what would you, you want to offer that to our listeners? Oh, I don't know about that, but I have just loved this for our summer dinner. It was just a hit and I made it so many times this summer. We couldn't get enough of it. It's a Greek pasta salad um, that my son Judah and I came up with. We just kept working through the recipe a little bit to make it better every time. And I'm going to post that on our website so you can find it out. But it just has like bell peppers and cucumbers and red onion and chicken and well you can add whatever Mm. you want uh, feta cheese and a whole bunch of yummy white wine vinegar and seasonings and stuff like that but Mm. it was delish and we loved it and served it with some naan bread and tzatziki yum there it is yeah come on come on borders open up we need to share with friends (laughs) we're all hungry (laughs) miss michelle and light complimentary one of my favorite bands is johnny swim it is a husband and wife duo and i i'm just obsessed with them i love everything that they sing but there's one song that my husband and i both love i even typed out the lyrics you know and had them designed but it's take the world by johnny swim i just love that song it is just like that's yeah it is a good you know dancing in the kitchen with your husband song but it is a great song so that is my one thing i just have one Okay, y'all can die now. You know, just Aww. one. It's a, it's just one. We're so proud of you. It's your temperament, uh-huh. so. <laughs> oh, this has been fun. So thank you for joining us, friends. And just to remind you that you are a great gift and a great blessing in the way that God has made you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. So thank you for joining us on the journey this week. And until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one thing, transcripts, group discussion questions for each episode, 
and beautiful mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of its content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content to you. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through a website called Patreon, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive monthly individual videos from Michelle, Heather, and I, as well as other exclusive content, recipes, playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information about Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abiding together. Thank you and God bless you.